again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bank, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection. I am the Dumbledork of this episode. Andrew, with me, the one who loves Harry Potter so much he calls himself a pothead. Keith? I don't like Harry Potter. And the one, of course, everything she does is magic. Liz. Hey, guys. <laughs> I knew you were going to hate that intro, Keith. I do, because I don't... This week was my pick. And I picked Eichenfell by yeah. Happy Ray Games. Thanks for that. I think it's actually Eichenfell, but that's a whole other thing. I can, no, I think it's Eichenfell. Did you listen did to the songs? The game? Yeah, they did. We'll get to it. I tried not to listen to the songs, actually. We'll get to I it. Think, it's Eichenfell. I'm probably mispronouncing it because I also kept joking around calling it Clay Eichenfell. So I, I'm probably also just mispronouncing it at this point. There's another one, too. I don't remember what it was. We had quite a few of those. Eichenfell is a turn-based tactical action RPG where you play a young girl who is going to the magical school of Eichenfeld to find your missing sister who didn't return from home for the summer and you as the younger sister are what's known as an ordinary she does not have any magical abilities but as soon as she gets onto the property of Eichenfeld she starts noticing strange things are happening and ends up actually developing a very rare power of pyromancy and the entire game is you are essentially just trying to figure out the whole mystery as to what is going on as to why the magic is acting so strange in Eichenfell and what happened to your sister. So, going around, since this was my choice, I guess I will go first. For me, I think we gave this game a pass. It's not a bad game. There's actually some things I really enjoyed about it. But in the end, it just wasn't for me. There was some things that just I didn't care for. So, I'm going to give it a pass. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. And it's... It started out so promising. I thought this is going to be a lot of fun. It's been a while since we've done some turn-based. I I was really looking forward to it. I, yeah, that's I, why I picked it. Yeah, I like the art style. Like it just looked like my style of game, and I just very quickly got bored and uninterested with the game. So yeah, I think it's a pass for me, or it is a pass for me. I don't think I know. For me, this is a hard pass. <laughs> I don't understand who this game is for because I mean. With the writing of the dialogue and the lyrics, I mean, I thought middle school age, and then there were these weird sexual things where they were like, had like a taunt on the screen, and they were like smacking their butts during combat, and I was just like, I, I don't understand who this is meant for, but it wasn't meant for me. <laughs> Have you met middle schoolers? I'm pretty sure they smack a lot of their own butts. I don't know. That's actually what I was arguing with her, too. I'm like, have you never taunted somebody that way, told someone to kiss your butt? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I... I... No. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're just so much more mature than us. Well, that's probably true, I mean, actually. <laughs> I mean, everything is more sexualized nowadays. Movies, TV, so I guess maybe... I don't know. That's all I know is it's not for me. <laughs> so starting off, as we normally do, the story of I Can Fell. As I kind of talked about a little bit, you're trying to figure out what's going on around the school, and you're trying to figure out why did your sister not come home for the summer. And right off the bat, I will say, I actually really loved the story of this game. That is the thing that really drove me. I thought the writing, although there are some awful dialogue moments, there's some moments that I just, I, I shook my head like, what was that? Overall, I loved the story. I thought the story was really intriguing because, not trying to get into too heavy of spoilers, but as you're kind of learning more of what's going on in the school, your sister is kind of painted as this villain. 
And so it really intrigued me. I really wanted to find out what was happening in the story because all of her best friends didn't know what she was doing. And essentially what she was doing is could essentially destroy the entire school. So I don't know about you guys, but I actually really loved the story. I was interested at first, but I just thought the build with it was so slow that I just like, I, I feel bad saying this. I kind of got bored and I felt like I almost wish that there was voice acting or in like cutscenes instead of me clicking through the dialogue all the time because I just felt like I was constantly clicking the A button and I just, I don't know, I, I almost felt like maybe it could have been like a kid TV series or something instead. Because I, I mean, I just, I felt like the build was so slow that it just, I don't know, it didn't make sense to me. Why do you think it could be a kid TV series? You just talked about how it was super sexual. Have you seen TV? <laughs> but also, I just, I felt like they needed to get more into characters. I didn't get as far as you guys, but I felt like they were adding all of these characters and you have this school that's full of magic. And I just felt like they were kind of limited with this game, graphically, with the amount of time. I just felt like it would have been better suited with either like having cutscenes and dialogue, like in uh, voice acting, or making it a show or something, because you're not playing this for the combat. I mean, I can definitely say I I don't think this game needed any voice acting. Personally, I just I think that would have made this game buck wild and awful. <laughs> I, I gotta say though, rare for me, the storyline. Well, I didn't love it. I feel like that's a very strong word to use. I thought it was good, and it was actually about the only reason I wanted to play it more. Because, yeah, I mean, as Liz kind of alluded to, the gameplay lacks a little, but the, the story was somewhat interesting, because, as you mentioned, your sister is painted as the villain, and, and they really sell you on her being the villain as you get into the story. But I just felt like that there had to be more, so I wanted I actually wanted to find out what exactly was she up to, what was, she, you know, why is she actually probably good or is she good is she actually evil i don't know um i do still have some more to play and i think i might actually end up forcing myself to play through to finish it but i I did think the story was pretty good i i didn't think the characters were very interesting though all in all yes i could not get invested in any one of them if at any point they were just like yeah this person's dead okay carry on i can still have other people to fill this fight (laughs) Push the corpse to the side. Let's keep going. Yeah. All right. I will say I didn't like love it. Like it's not something that was like best story I've seen in a long time, but it did really drive me because I do agree with you, Keith. I think for the most part, some of the characters, I agree with you. I did not care about some of them. I actually felt like they did a pretty good job kind of explaining some of their emotions and why they have like some of the issues that they do. And so some of them I did find interesting. Others... Like you said, I could care less about. Like, I did not care about Petronella. Like, to me, she actually was really annoying. You didn't want to learn more about them? (sighs) Some of them, yes. Petronella, she was just kind of a character that was just filled with self-doubt. And, like, that's it. To me, I didn't feel like there was some more hidden stuff with her. She was just someone who just clearly lacked confidence. And I was like, okay, that's kind of your character. But kind of going into the characters, the other issue I had a little bit with this game when it came to the characters this game is also very heavily focused on lgbtq plus stuff almost every character is gay 
there's I think there's only one character that was confirmed to be heterosexual, and which for the most I'm I'm fine with. Like I'm obviously happy with representation in games. Like that's obviously what video games are for. Everyone's supposed to be welcomed. It's for everybody. I get that, but it's so heavily focused. I found it very distracting, and because of that too, some of the writing and some of the lines were awful. Like there's one character every time she appeared. She would constantly keep hitting on your character. Guilt and it just felt so forced. Yeah, even at one point she said, oh, I'm so gay. And I was just like, that's such a weird line to say. And also, too, at the end of the game, there's a line <laughs> where your character says, I just followed my big gay heart. And it's just like, who says that? Like, that was such an odd thing to put in. So to me, it was just really distracting that it's just when it ends up being something so heavy and focused on the center I don't know. I, I like it's, it may just not be for me, but it's just I found it distracting. Yeah, I mean, I it may very well come from a position where we're not yeah. as heterosexual males. Yeah. Coming from a place of heterosexual but males, I feel it's like not for you us. You wouldn't want to see it with a heterosexual yeah. base. I mean, I just it, for me, it's not how people that I know talk. Like I know gay people and they don't say like, "Oh, my gay heart" or whatever. Like, it's, it's just like, a, I, I don't understand the dialogue. Well, I, I will say, and, and this is a very weird side side to it, though. I don't think that, at least in that aspect of her saying that, it was it was in parentheses, and I think to meant is, like, in her head. Which, whatever that matters, I don't know. It, it wasn't meant to be spoken dialogue, I don't think. But at the end of the day, it just felt like they, they kind of built it with that whole idea the idea of the inclusion which i think is great <clears throat> but i think they just focused so hard on it that it felt overplayed and i and i think that's what i kind of was more bummed out about because i thought the game had a lot of potential but all that to say uh, i don't know i just feel like this is a really sensitive subject and i don't want to say the wrong thing <laughs> because I, i'm i don't have a position to speak from on this so i just it, it's hard for me to really say anything about it yeah i, I know and, this and like is... andrew said before like we're happy to see representation in games it's just weird when like people just keep saying i'm gay over and over again because it's like uh, we know <laughs> yeah there was moments of it where i was enjoying these characters and i'm like oh this is a really cool empowering moment this character is overcoming these kind of struggles that they come with but it was just these weird dialogue moments that would just kind of shoved in your face to be like, hey, in case you forgot, let us remind you, like, some of these people are gay, transgender, non-binary. And it's like, okay, I, I got that. Like, you don't have to keep reminding me. Like, it would just take me out of the moment when, like, some of these story moments were going on that I was really enjoying. It, it's just, I'm just saying this as, you know, as a heterosexual male, like, I don't know as to someone else would probably find this more empowering that's that's great. It's just as for me, it's just I found it distracting. But we we keep saying the word empowering, and I think it's really weird. I don't know if it's too early to get into this, but Andrew stumbled upon what was it called? Okay, it's not content and, warning. Yes, no. In the option menu, there is a there is a option you can turn it on where it had content warning, and so I turned it on because I'm like, okay, I'm I'm really curious as to where this is gonna go. Uh, is this going to be like, is this game going to actually tackle some really heavy issues? And I will say some moments, yeah, they're, they're relatively heavy and pretty dark, but overall the content warnings were very, 
extra sensitive, I should say. So there were some for like low self-worth, for instance. And I actually saw an article the developer was talking about how like they had panic attacks making this and how they had to take time off to process heavy content and stuff. And for me, it's like, if you're making a game that, I mean, that's the most LGBTQ plus representation we've seen in a game. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but for me it yeah. is. It's like what we were saying earlier. It's like make it empowering then. Like I feel like you're telling people to like hide, hide feelings. And I don't think that's ever a good thing. I mean, if you're talking about like something that's actually happening, like I think there was, um, was it a cutter or something? Yeah, there's one moment. Yeah, one of the characters is a is like a cutter. That's different for me because that's something that somebody goes through. It's the same with like you know, uh, sexual assault, murder, like PTSD, things like that. That's actually like a thing that happens that people like might not want to see that have been through it. But when you're talking about an emotion that everyone goes through, I just felt like. Like it, I, I don't think this is the game to do that. And they're talking about how they should have it in games across the board and stuff. And it's just like, how do you how do you turn on the TV if you're afraid of someone who has low self-esteem? How are you going to open a book? How are you going to go on the bus and talk to people who... Like, I, I just, like, I don't understand what this message is going to do for people. Yeah. So that's my big issue with the content warning uh, right there is, yes, there's a content warning, but there's nothing you can do about it. It's like, cool. You can I skip it. now know that something is coming up. Not really, because some of it is cutscenes, yes, that you can skip, but not all of it. Some of it is actually gameplay. You still have to walk through and, na- and navigate through an area. Like one of the contents warning was a character is going to have a panic attack. Okay. And it's when you went to the dark realm and you still had to navigate the dark realm and you still had to walk around. Yeah, there's some cutscene stuff but that you can skip, but you're still seeing these things. So that's what I didn't get about the content warning. Like, what did they expect me to do? To mash through the cutscenes and hope and just wiggle my joystick and hope I navigate through some areas? So I didn't quite get that because, in a case in point, like Call of Duty, there's a handful of times where it says, "Hey, there's some content warning here," and when the content warning would come up, it would say, "Do you want to skip it? Do you just want to cut through the area?" And you can do that. And so that's why I'm surprised this game didn't offer that. I mean, I kind of get it because this is an RPG. And if you did cut some of these moments, they're very heavy for the story. And you would be missing big chunks of the story. So that's also why I just don't get why they had it. It's like if this was something that really was would bother somebody, put it at the beginning of the game. Like, hey, these things are going to happen in this game. If this bothers you, don't play our game. Like, because... If you miss it, you're not going to get the story and you're not going to get the experience. Well, I didn't even realize that there was a sensitive stuff, I guess. Because, like, I had already gotten past... When you figured it out, I had already been past some of the stuff that was supposed to be sensitive. And, like, I mean, I... I am not really a sensitive, like, let's talk about our feelings person. So, I guess for me... It no, might you're more just... of a yell at me kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be over my head and I don't want to come across as insensitive... I just, I, I just don't get it. Well, it's not for me. I mean, I, I think it's important to note that it's, it's purely fiction. It's not like it's something that you have to deal with. You, you can, you can put it on if you want. I did because I was curious. I half, I was half interested because it doesn't really explain it too well. That maybe it was just going to be like, hey, here's an important part of the story. Make sure like you don't mess this up. I was wrong, but I just, I found it weird that it came up as often as it did because, honestly. 
and again, maybe it's just because I haven't dealt with different aspects of, of what you know the sensitive parts might have been. I may be fortunate in that aspect, but it just felt like I've seen way heavier things in games, and it just it wasn't as heavy as they made it yeah. seem. But I will say there yes. was one in particular that kind of made me laugh. So again, I apologize if I'm being insensitive in this. But do you remember the snatcher, the the little pink blob that yes. goes around stealing things? You get a content warning if you have it turned on. Before getting to him, you get a content warning for hoarding. Now, again, I I know that's a real thing, but it, it just felt like a really weird thing to warn me about. Because, yeah, I had already been prepared for the fact that he's a ghost that goes around stealing things, which I kind of feel like was ripped off in Harry Potter. Like, Or just like, that's like a weird... Oh, it's the magical lore of something that steals your stuff. It, it it actually ruined, and I think kind of to your point earlier, it almost took me out of the moment that I didn't even find him funny anymore. I was like, oh, I guess he's supposed to just be sad, because I've watched hoarders, and the people, it, it's sad to watch, like in, in actual reality to see, it is sad. But he's kind of cheeky and fun, but he's then supposed to be sad to me, and it, it kind of bothered me. I just wish I didn't have it, so. I mean, See, Liz lived with a hoarder. No, I I personally know hoarders, and then like the, the, some of the things I mentioned earlier, like I know people have gone who like have gone through some of the worst things you can possibly go through in life, and I think that's why I just I I just can't get around my head wrapped around this. And I I I, I know a hoarder. He's very happy. He's just has a problem, <laughs> and so for me, I like looking at it. I, I don't understand why that would trigger somebody, and I, I, I don't know. I feel like this game, I, I feel like I shouldn't even be talking this episode. <laughs> but speaking actually real quick of the stature, Keith, did you get the weird dialogue when he summoned pants? Uh, I think so. What, what? I, I don't know if you could, I thought it was a really weird line as well. He goes, pants, what a weird thing. They cover up the best bits. Uh, I didn't, and I I was didn't like, catch that. What is that line? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> What's who a weird is this line? game for? That you have like these sexual innuendos and stuff. <laughs> and like you said, kids probably wouldn't get it. Yeah. But like, I just, I don't understand why it's in there. I, I don't know. But I, I do want to point out that this game does have quite a bit of humor. Like I remember... I went to the laboratory and it, there was a note saying that cats were no longer allowed in the lab because, you know, they knock over all the vials and stuff. It was worded funnier, but I just thought that it was nice that they had some humor sprinkled in. Yeah. And then the alchemy teaches a giant slime blob. Yeah. 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 There was bits of bits and pieces here and there that were a bit cheeky, but at the same time, I don't want to say it was trying too hard. Although actually, I really liked the ghost Gwenora that just made fun of you. The whole time? Yeah. I found that quite entertaining. So speaking of the the settings and digging into the settings, this game has a very interesting feature I found that I don't know if it's really for difficulty or not, but as far as the gameplay is, if you find you don't really care much for the turn-based combat, which I personally did not, there's a couple different aspects where you can make it basically auto-critical your hits, and I probably should explain that. Or you can even just outright do an instant victory. And yep, I I turned that on because I just wanted the story and I wanted to get through it. <laughs> yeah, so how the combat works, you it's a turn-based tactical RPG. So you're on a grid. It's like 3 by 15 
it's kind of a small, like, narrow hallway. And it is always the same narrow hallway. Like, there's nothing special. Like, you're not going to go on a special battlefield that has elevation or or hazards or anything like that. It is just a 3 by like, 15 grid. That's your tactical grid. And, yeah, when you do a combat, when you attack or when you're being attacked, there's a certain moment whenever the attack is about to hit a character, you're supposed to press A. The closer you are at hitting A, you'll either get a oops if you missed, a nice if you hit it, and then a great if you did like a critical. Like if you hit it perfectly and it was either does critical damage or critical defense. And as Keith was saying, as the options go, you can either make it so it's semi-auto, so you'll never get an oops. You'll always at least get a nice, but you can still attempt to get the great. Or you can have it completely auto, where everything you do, it is always a crit. It is always a great. And then as Keith said, or you could just hit instant victory and it kills the enemies and you won the battle and you don't have to do anything. I think I did it kind of like you, Andrew, where if I had a new enemy or I got a new spell or a new character, I would play. But otherwise I would do a victory. Like I don't need to fight the flowers 50 times. Yeah. So I will say, as, and as Keith said, there is no difficulty setting. So I think this was their way of compromising and making a difficulty setting. And I will say overall, I actually love these features. So if you really want to challenge and you want to try to do everything, this game, it's pretty fun. Like it, the combat, well, I should say the combat can be fun. I think I would have enjoyed this game so much more if they just got rid of the tactical element. The fact that you're always on this like three by 15 grid, to me, it just felt so unnecessary. And I just, I, I did not like the tactical element because it didn't feel really tactical. Your abilities are certain ranges and certain widths and diameters. Like your abilities kind of have these kind of things where you actually have to position your character, but it just felt like a nuisance. I would have much rather it just be a turn-based RPG. I really felt like I would have enjoyed the game so much more. I mean, you you made it pretty apparent you didn't like it by your tone, but the, the over-recurring <laughs> 3 by 15 of it all, where there's no change to the, the map at all, if there was, the turn-based or the tactical aspect of it would have been so much more fun. You know, if if because you have fire, yeah. you could light something on fire, which damages enemies around it, or you had to destroy things, could hide behind things, Like, then it would feel tactical. This didn't feel tactical. It felt very turn-based yeah. with some awkward movement. And that was why I really just gravitated towards the instant victory. I started to do a little bit of that, you know, I would fight if I got a new spell, or maybe if I fought a new enemy, got a new item, but really, I even stopped doing that because, quite frankly, it just didn't feel like it changed that much. The spell did a slightly different thing, but I never felt like I was doing more damage. You always kept up to a damage level where it's like your average hit was between 9 and 12, and it just felt so boring and samey. And that was obviously where I was doing just, you know, the instant crit or the always great. But even if I didn't, it just, I couldn't find an area where it would have been fun. But I do like what you're saying. And then if it was just straight out turn-based, and I think maybe a better visual cue for the the timing. Oh, definitely. Because they all varied. Like, sometimes you wanted to hit during the casting or as it hit or the timing just, there was no real indicator. You kind of had to guess. Or explanation. Yeah, like it just it didn't do a good job with it. It and it had so much potential, but it failed, and that's what irritated me most about it. 
See, I didn't care for the timing thing at all, and I feel like I, I just wanted to play Operencia or Banner Saga, and I feel like Keith is like, it's not Ori, and for me, it's always like, oh, it's not Operencia. Like, <laughs> I, so for me, it's like, I, like I need that. something that makes it fun. Like, I, I really got bored with the combat, and I know that that kind of sounds rude, but for me, it's like, it needs something. Like, I just kept thinking, like, oh, why is Operencia off Game Pass, you know? <laughs> And, like, this is, for me, a huge miss for Ickenfell. This game is about wizards, or it's about witches and sorcery. It, they could have had so much more fun with the combat. The tactical, as Keith was saying, like, you make a lot of good points. You, your main character, she's a fire witch. You have a lightning witch. You have someone who's good with alchemy. If you had these characters kind of play in with each other, like, oh, if you had someone, you know, put water on the battlefield and then, oh, someone light used their lightning and made all the puddles electric or somebody used ice and you used your fire spells to melt the ice to make puddles. I think they could have done so much better actually kind of making more team cohesion and also doing a better job switching your party team members up. But the fact that they just didn't do a lot of interesting things with the tactical combat, it was just so disappointing for me. And it got so boring. I will say though, at least having like the semi-auto and the auto combat, if you still want to play this game and not do the instant victory, those options are still available for you. And it also makes this game a lot better to play if you play on the Project X Cloud. Because since you are streaming this game when you're doing that, there is obviously lag. And if you're trying to hit A to get that great, it's really hard to do. So it's kind of nice at least going to options and maybe turning that on when you're playing Project X Cloud because that's what I did. And then when I actually was able to go home and there was no more latency, I would turn it off and try to actually play the game a little bit more. And it's like, the, I will say the instant victory is also a nice feature as well. You can essentially just cheat this game and play instant victory on everything, which I ended up doing near the end because I really wanted to find out the story. But it doesn't matter if it's a boss fight, it's, you know, a random fight. You just do instant victory and, well, you won the fight. There you go. You'll even get achievements too. It doesn't even cancel achievements, which is great. But it was also, it was just kind of a nice feature to have because if you still want to play the game, some of these RP types of RPGs can be very grindy because sometimes you're kind of underleveled and it's like, well, I got to go back and keep fighting random monsters to kind of level up my characters. At least this time around, you don't have to do the grinding aspect. You can just do instant victory, level up your characters, and then continue the game normally if you want. Well, I thought it was interesting because there are different people that will sell you things. And I felt like they were never selling anything that would improve my characters. Like, it was always like, oh, minus one for this and plus one for this. But it would never really help me. So I didn't get any satisfaction from getting any of the coins. I felt like I, I didn't need the things that would help with defense or... Uh, with health and all the stuff that added like armor or whatever it just it was never ahead of me in level well this game has a lot of little hidden things around it and this and it was one of the things that i did kind of like is i don't know just always searching around rooms and feeling very zelda like you know i don't know can i bash this or i guess make it disappear is there a hidden wall here and i liked some of that aspect of it but to that point yeah the items largely were just kind of a trade-off of some sort. I pretty much only exclusively upgraded it if it was just a straight-up blue upgrade. If I if it yeah, didn't give me way. a full upgrade on that item, I just wouldn't upgrade it. And I would either sell it if I picked it up or just not buy it. But I do agree with you. And, and going back, I kind of I think I said this earlier, it just felt like you were only doing that for the purpose of keeping up. It was never yeah. to get ahead. And, and you can... 
And there's a difference between getting ahead and overpowered too. I don't want a game to overpower me because then it's boring in that aspect. But I do want a little bit of feeling of like comfortable for, for maybe coasting parts of the game. But it just always felt like very survival mode. Um, but what I did want to go back to something you said as far as like the team cohesion, that is such a lacking. I've never felt a reason, maybe partly because I relied so heavily on the instant victory, but I never felt a reason to switch up any of my characters. About the only character I had that I legitimately liked their skill was Rook because he had that one that would do a pretty decent amount of damage and grab you an item every time. It was a hundred percent hit rate, at least again, using the great all the time. <laughs> But there was just no reason to switch them out. I mean, sure, you had one that could heal and one that had was maybe a little bit more focused on some support spells, but you had so many items that you didn't need the support spells. You had items to, to make up for that. It just it didn't make any sense, and it, and it fell so short of what it could have been. Yeah. I will say the one thing I do really praise about the combat in I can fell, it can fell. You're gonna you're gonna eat those words, my friend. Why are you just called the big eye or something? <laughs> the big eye. I because it's a little it's a lowercase I too. So the little I. Normally when it comes to like uh turn based RPG games, you end up seeing a lot of the same enemies. Surprisingly, that is not the case. There is a ton of just random enemies. Like there was I there was very few repeating enemies I saw in combat, which I thought was really cool. And it, it would actually make things interesting. As we were kind of saying, when like someone attacks, you got to kind of figure out when you got to hit A to do a good defense. And since there's so many different characters and they all have their own different attack abilities and everything like that, you're constantly trying to figure out something new. It's not like, oh, I'm fighting the birds again. I got to watch out for the feather. No, you only see the birds at the beginning. You'll never see them again. Oh, you only see the lanterns in the library. You'll never see them again. And so I loved the enemy diversity. And same with the boss diversity. The boss diversity was also really interesting. So I, I praise the game for the design on that. But you're saying I do design, agree with you. but I just felt like graphically they didn't look spectacular. I mean, you have these different no, models, but, but it's like I didn't care to look at them. <laughs> but so many times games get lazy and it's, okay, like you said, you have the bird and we'll recolor it a bunch of times. And it's just lazy. It doesn't do much. I do think a lot of their skills, while renamed, I were pretty samey a little bit you know it would just be like maybe the way that if it was a melee attack it might look different based on their character or it might be the feather where it just spins around and it hits all your characters or it's the page from a book so the character designs were but the attacks I'd say you could probably narrow it down to about 15 20 maybe as far as overall patterns of attacks yeah I mean, if you're and, like and, and that's fine, I guess. If it is, if it does get up to twenty, I guess maybe that's pretty good. All considering unique patterns, but I, I don't think. I, I guess that's just the one aspect of it. But all in all, yeah, I liked that. I never felt like I was just constantly fighting out oh, here because turn-based RPGs too. I think going back to, I don't know if Dragon Quest was the one who created it or whatever, but the blobs, that is like a staple fight in any turn-based rpg i feel like yep. and really any rpg and I, but i don't even think you fight a blob no, there's like two. and if you do there's no repeating blob you fight him in the alchemy lab yeah i remember those so that was like a weird thing to me that that just like wasn't a, an enemy type yeah. it it felt strange the whole time but liz going to what you said though i think the enemy designs are good but i didn't care for the character designs 
Well, again, they it didn't make sense. They looked super like young, and then I did like that they changed their expressions through the dialogue. Uh, their their eyes would change, and like you you would see the emotion that they're trying to convey, and I thought that was great. But I think they looked super young, and I what you said earlier about this being a school of magic, it didn't feel magical to me. It I I just did not like the graphics for this game. I wanted something spectacular. I'm not saying, like, I wanted to look like Harry Potter or anything, but I just... I think they could have gone way further with it. So the floating ma- the floating lanterns didn't feel magical? No. I don't, I don't know what it was, but <laughs> I don't like this art style for this story and this game. I think they did a good job with creating a mood. So I'm not saying, like, I hate all the graphics. I'm just saying I don't like this art style for this story. So, for me, the graphics are a mixed bag. Some elements of the school I thought felt pretty magical and I thought was well-designed, but I do agree with Liz. There were a handful of areas where I'm just like, this is really just generic and plain. I didn't feel like... I felt like they could have done a better job with the whole magical whimsiness kind of thing because a lot of it is just generic corridors you're kind of going through that aren't really interesting. And for me, I didn't care for the character models in-game or their pictures their pictures to me looked like characters from like a dilbert comic like some of them were really kind of weird looking faces like really accentuated cheeks or a big forehead some of them were normal looking but you would just have some that were just really kind of odd looking and i don't know it's so for me it just felt totally different how they were going with some of the characters are you talking about the ones that when you see them like on screen or like the dialogue version. The dialogue that was the version. Whole thing is, see, because I didn't mind the dialogue versions of them. I thought those looked all right. And like Liz said, I liked how the the expressions changed. Whether or not I noticed half the time, probably not. But when I did, I thought, oh, that's kind of cool, and it, it was a nice feature. But I hated the way they looked on screen. And then it changed to just like a completely different art style when it would go into the battle, and they looked super wonky there i just i didn't care for the way they designed them i liked the overall layout i thought the the map designs were cool i liked the way that it was styled it kind of felt a little zelda like i've mentioned before i liked that aspect of it but the characters were just weird outside of the dialogue ones where they looked semi-normal well you actually bring up another thing i wanted to uh talk about which i actually really enjoyed about this are we getting to in another thing? Feels a little early for another No, because it still kind of fits with graphics. I mean, it's another thing that you mentioned. Okay. But you mentioned the map, and I actually really enjoyed the map of this game. I Normally when it comes to big RPGs, there's a, a good chance you're going to get lost. I did not get lost once during my entire time playing this. The map, when you opened it up, it specifically had an arrow saying, go to this area. And there would be a quick text above you saying, a character would say something like, oh... We should go to the study because there's a book we need to find. And sure enough, on the map, it would point, here's the study. So I never felt lost as to where I needed to be. And I think that's a really good game design. Well, it didn't have any side quests either. Yeah. If if, if it had side quests, I think that's what usually drives a lot of me getting lost in these games. Is I think, okay, I'll go here for this thing. And I'll have other things to do. And I realize, oh, wait, I only had this one thing to do. And then I go and do this. And I get myself very sidetracked. But I do agree. It. It was 
easy to manage. It was just easy to follow, and I and I did like that aspect. I didn't of think it. about that. This is an RPG with like no side quests. You had some collectible mm-hmm. stuff, but they weren't really side quests. I was yeah. At best, it's like you run across someone who jumps out of the woods that they were trapped in there, and they're like, "Oh, I hid something in a tree. You can go find it." I'm pretty sure I found it because I just started clicking on trees, <laughs> and I eventually got a rare gem. But I don't know. It didn't tell me like, "Hey, you found the thing that person told you to look for." It felt very weird, and I, I, I kind of would have liked to have known. Ah, going back to the map real quick, I don't like that. Not none of it was labeled. Yeah, which I thought was weird. Because for me, it's like I would rather have it labeled. I did like the error. I thought that was helpful. I thought that the map definitely served its purpose. But there were times where it's like, "Oh, you need to go here," and it's like. I see the arrow, but it's, like, just right what it is, too. But, yeah, I remember running across a tree and just finding a random gemstone. I didn't even I didn't even realize that I clicked a button or anything. But, yeah, it was just, like, next to a tree. But it, as far as the the map or, or kind of how it was laid out, I, I felt like everything was pretty visible of what you needed. And once you got the fast travel with the trees there, mm-hmm. too... You kind of had some indicator just based on the name of where you were traveling to if you did that first. I don't know. I thought it was just pretty manageable. I, I, I didn't think there was too many locations to try and remember. So that's why I didn't mind that it wasn't labeled, but it wouldn't hurt. It never does. So I can't think of a transition, but I really want to get to this next segment. Music! And that is music. Because I know we got some thoughts. What is it? So, I, I will say, I want to start on a positive note. Okay. There's a song. I think it's only the beginning battles. I'm not positive, but it's in quite a few battles that you're doing. There is a song that sounds like it's from the intro music of Boondock Saints, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. You don't remember it. I don't. Because, like, I was like, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. It, it really sounds like they... It, like the boondock scene scene it's not the same thing but it's so similar that like i could get into it i mean i so i genuinely thought 90 percent of the music in this game yes was good. i would i would actually go as far to say 95 percent of the game and i would even go so far as to call it yeah great. me too what i will say <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quick pause. <laughs> I'm gonna take us back to to Man of Madon for a moment. And what the heck was that intro song? It was butt rock. It was weird. It didn't make sense. It didn't fit the game. Now I'm gonna jump back to Eichenfell for a second, or for for the rest of this. And I'm gonna go. What the heck was the music in most of the boss battles? Okay. So Gilda has some weird. Techno kind of feels like I'm watching Dragon Ball yeah, Z. Yeah, it was music. like an anime battle well, song. Dialogue, I didn't or, mind that song. But it was over like 16 bit music yeah. still. They didn't change the background music. It's still very 16 bit. 16 bit or 32 bit, whatever it is, does not require dialogue. It was so weird. And then you have a rap song. That was weird. And then and then you have I don't know. R&B song. I don't even know what the last. Yeah, oh, no, and then it goes to the the sad yeah. song. This is what I meant earlier when I said that it felt designed for kids. These lyrics were so cheesy and juvenile, and I hated it. I hated the lyrics, and I, like, they're not for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just realized I got really, 
I, I genuinely, like, give me butt rock. Give me country. <laughs> give me anything I don't like, but please don't make me listen to that again. I just love that we're making butt rock a thing. <laughs> but it, I don't think that it was for kids. It was actually, if if you listen to the lyrics, I, I, took a, I took a moment to listen to them back on Spotify. And the lyrics are all very specific. Yes. They're singing about a character or a yeah. moment. And it's so I get that aspect of it, but my <laughs> gosh, the, the rap song she's singing about Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King. No, no, Martin Luther, Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther. Well, you're assuming Martin Luther Protestant because she doesn't say Martin Luther King. She, she says it? with the faith of Martin Luther. No, no I think no, no. How she's is that the face of Martin Luther? There is no, an important she's saying with the faith of the Martin two. Luther. If you don't say King, you're not talking about Martin Luther King. Like also a point. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I always thought that the lyric was with the face of Martin Luther. I feel like maybe she was trying to talk about Martin Luther King, but if you don't say the King, like that's kind of a a, a big issue. <laughs> so for me, overall, I think the music is actually really good. I enjoyed the battle music, the intro music. Like all of it is just really solid. You like so, the lyrics. So when it comes to, you know, when it comes to action RPG games, the most iconic is Final Fantasy VII. The victory music of Final Fantasy VII, like it's just something that you hear a lot. It's iconic. It's great. So music is very important when it comes to turn-based action RPG kind of games. And I think this game nails it. I just, as you're hearing from my other co-host, it did not need lyrics. There's just about four or five songs that have lyrics. Right, you're saying they don't need it. Did you like it? Because I feel like you're tiptoeing around it, and I just want to know your I will actual say, thoughts. Uh, overall, yes to... I will say I didn't mind it, to I thought it was okay. It wasn't anything I was like, this is great. The one that I just hated was Ima's theme song, the one that Key's referencing, where it's like kind of like this R&B song. The lyrics, I think, are weird. I think the singing in it just sounds lazy, but I think the actual talent that they have singing some of the songs are really good. So Gilda's is this kind of, kind of like a K-pop. It's called Showtime, and to me, it just feels like an anime battle music. So as someone who watches some anime, like I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of fun. It was surprising, and like I was like I wasn't expecting it. And I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. But when Imas came on, it was just so weird. I, I was laughing. I was like, this it's, is weird. It's, <laughs> it's jarring, it and, it, and it's because it's during well, boss and you, battle, and when you're. <laughs> Going through a boss battle, yeah, it it especially if you're not using any of the features you're playing, just you've got a manual attack every time. That's a long battle, and it repeats the entire time. I, it, it it's buck wild. I, <laughs> I just like I can't. Crazy, I I looked up the lyrics real quick. I feel like you guys actually the like the lyrics. Like it, I thought that like I'm not saying like the singers are untalented or anything. I'm just saying that it was so cheesy. And for me, like I understand that it might be made for kids, but I don't like kid music. I don't want. I, like when I'm playing a game, I don't anticipate that. And so for me, like it really just just grated on my soul. <laughs> First of all, if you look at my Spotify playlist, head, shoulders, knees, and toes might be in my top Kid, ten. Keith right listens, now. and so, it's, honestly, that's probably not even for kids. He actually legitimately probably is just listening that on his own to work. Well, it it's dropped on my list because I don't drive to work as much anymore. So back in the day, it was it was. He listens one. some odd music. Well, no, I listen that, but like it's. 
I, I don't like when they make a sound. Like, if somebody's singing head, shoulders, knees, and toes, I don't mind it. But when certain kid shows do it, it's just okay. a very nasally, like, trying to be really peppy and... So also, well, well, real quick too. Uh, I just I have to read the I have to read the distinct okay. lyrics that I looked up. Oh, so you up. actually found the lyrics? This is the chorus. Let's paint the future real bright with the faith of Martin Luther. It feels right. Now, I can't express enough that given the whole attitude and story of this game, it's supposed to be Martin Luther King, yeah. and I get that it doesn't rhyme as well to say Martin Luther King there. But you just gotta find a better King way. Martin Luther, then. Like, bring in the king somewhere. Because that is a good point. It, the fact that, it, the fact that I, when she said, I thought she said face. So that's why I was like, okay, Martin Luther King Jr., I thought she was referencing. But, but the fact that she says faith, it would make sense that she's talking about Martin Luther the Protestant. But are there any other good lyrics? Why there? would she be singing about a Protestant? Protestants are very much the antithesis of this whole story. <laughs> but. I, I don't get that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it opens with, sometimes I might see red as red as pants of Santa's. Okay. Santa's. Multiple. Why there's multiple, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's very confusing. Sometimes I get the blues. The news might get... I can't. The news I can't. Gets me you, depressed. Can, you can stop. You can stop. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm destined for a medal. Must be brave to get a purple heart. Come on. These are incredible lyrics. You just singing things and also she does say still no other school than Ickenfell I'd rather be attending that's where I heard that and that's why you're wrong Andrew no I'm I'm getting a gold star for that one (laughs) all right see that's that's for me it was just it was that song I thought the lyrics were awful like Rook has a song his was actually more kind of a rap and I his to me wasn't that bad granted it didn't appear in a boss fight I think this is also why we just really didn't like this song is because it was during a boss fight and it and it just went on for a while. But also to give a little context, too, about the composers of the music, the same people who did the music for Ickenfell are the same people who did the music for the Cartoon Network show Steven Universe, which personally I haven't seen it, but I've actually heard good things about that show. It has a huge following. It's actually had some movies. So, like, the people who created the music are actually really good. Like, it's actually top-notch music. And the music is also on Spotify, which there also surprises me too. The soundtrack of the scheme, there's 75 songs on Spotify. Granted, some of them are like, oh, this is the instrumental version and this is the alternate version. But still, 75 songs, a 75 track for a game is really impressive. Normally in a game like this, you're looking at like 15, 20 yeah, I think a lot of them, though, are also, like, 15 seconds, like, hey, this is, like, this little sound that plays. Okay. Like, I think it's pretty detailed. But I, I know what you're saying. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you there. But I, the, the 5% of this game that's bad of it was so... It was 95% of the game, for my impression of it overall. Because largely, I just was there. I didn't mind it. it. It fit what it was supposed to do. And then I went, what the heck is going on? <laughs> So yeah, that's that's my. I don't final think we've ever that. had a longer music segment on a podcast episode. We've never let read lyrics from no. the song. I, that's for I sure. I didn't want to talk about. It. I was really curious if Liz is even going to get to like any of those moments of having these dialogue, like uh, the lyrics, because I was just waiting for Liz to go to the segment. And go, I don't remember the music at all. Oh, I remembered if it. If you didn't remember that, I remember the Boondock yeah. Saints, and that's what made me 
want to keep listening to it. And it roped me in. And then I got to the And then the it goes, lyrics. surprise! <laughs> I don't like surprises. <laughs> surprise! <laughs> oh my gosh. But, uh, I don't even know how to transition from there. Come on, Liz. Okay, I have been really negative, but I can't be negative about How did you break this game? <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you how you broke the game. Did you break it? Oh, that is a good question. I did. Oh, jeez, so aggressive. <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I really do apologize with my reaction to this game. I don't know what it is. I think it's just like, in, I, I, I'm, let's, not, let's not do it. It's visceral. It, achievements. Andrew got 675, 23 out of 27. Keith, 105, 12 out of 27. And me, 45, 7 out of 27. Because I... I played what I had to. <laughs> so this game is weird, though. Or the achievements are weird. They're not in the aspect of, I'm, I'm going to just steal your thunder on this one, Andrew. And I'm, I'm probably going to be wrong. But I think this is a game for achievements. I actually would agree. I was actually going to say that, too. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, the fact that you can literally turn on instant victory, yeah, it's still going to take you maybe 10 hours or so, especially if you just don't care about anything. I... You can get at least about 700. There's, I think, 200 where you have to collect everything. And that might be the hardest part. It looks like not a lot of people have done it, at least on Xbox. So there might not be a lot of guides out there. Maybe there are. I don't know. But I think it's pretty easy in 15 hours or left to 1,000 this game. So I think it's pretty good in that aspect. But it also is It's like a snowball effect. Each fight that gives you achievements is like five, five, and then it starts building to like the tens and fifteens and just goes up from there, yeah. right? So I for the most part agree with you too, Keith. The time to beat for Ickenfell, it's looked at about like fifteen to twenty hours. But since there is an instant victory, you literally could walk past the enemies, go to a boss fight, instant victory, boom, achievement. So when you look at the achievements, ninety percent of them are secret achievements in for this game, I think it's acceptable because they're all majority of them are boss fights. Some of them are actually optional boss fights. So that's a little bit of a miss because it's like, well, I kind of missed that and I didn't know I missed that. You can easily go back though. Nothing is closed off in this game. So the achievements that are visible are, yeah, collecting all the gems and getting all like the accessories from the gems, which there's like 25 or so. There's not a ton. Pretty easy to look up a guide and get them. The only thing that kind of stinks so I beat the game, and I had 22 out of the 27 achievements, and my gamer score was like 525. So it's like, well, that kind of stinks. Like, I I have majority of the achievements, and the ones that I don't have are worth a ton. And they're secret achievements, so they're like secret optional boss fights that I've done a couple of them now. So that's why I was able to bump my score a little more. But I thought that was just kind of unfortunate, was that you had to like kind of go back and kind of find these. I actually had to look up where the secret bosses were to get these really high gamer score boss fights. But overall, yeah, I think I would consider it for achievement hunters. All right. So that was an interesting episode. So for my final review of Ickenfell, overall, I think there's elements of this that I really enjoyed. I, I oh, for the most part, I did enjoy the music, even though this disagrees. No, I said I like. I just didn't like the lyric music. Yes, in which I didn't like the song. I could have done without. Yeah, the combat to me was okay at best. It, it got a little, t- a little bit tedious. I would have preferred if they just got rid of the tactical element, or if they actually played more into the tactical element. 
I would have enjoyed this was just a turn-based RPG. The story I actually thought was really interesting. I really wanted to learn more about these characters and what was going on. That's really what drove me to continue to keep playing this game. I knew since this was an RPG, I wouldn't have the time to finish it and time for the podcast. So turned on Instant Victory so I could see the story. And by the end of it, I thought it was really good. Even at the end, they did a where are they now kind of segment, which I really enjoyed. So I think the story was great. I thought some of the dialogue moments, though, were just so out of left field that it would just it would kind of take me out of the moment because they just had to remind you that some of these characters are gay or or non-binary and it was just like okay i got it like it, it just it would take me out of the moment which i thought would kind of unfortunately ruin the story a little bit so overall i think we give this game a 70 it's it's not a bad game it's just not for me for i think this game will probably be on some of people's top list of like favorite games it's just, it's, I'm not the target audience and it just wasn't for me. So I, I was, I don't know, maybe it was just cause I was so let down with the actual gameplay of it and it just felt so not fun as an RPG as I wanted it to be. But yeah, I think there's aspects of it that are good. I actually think it has a good story, which is just weird. And it's the only reason I kind of still wanted to finish the game despite it i i think it's i don't even i don't even know if it's about a target audience in my opinion i just think it's about whether or not you really like the fighting in it and if you get bored with it you're never gonna find it fun just give it up i guess but it but because you can get the achievements pretty easily it's still kind of worth it and and i don't know the instant victory just makes it nice and you don't have to be penalized for it but all in all Oh, and, and it, just the wonky, wonky lyrics. I take that out, please. <laughs> but outside, outside of that, I, I just, yeah, I, I think I got to give it a sixty-five, and I don't know which more I could say about it. I always feel bad when I'm negative towards a game because I know that this is you know <laughs> you were passionately negative about this one. Dream game. They, I mean, I also. Uh, read interviews and they talked about how they made sure that there were people of color and um, LGBTQ plus people working on it. And I think that's fantastic. I personally, it's just not my style. The graphics weren't my style. The gameplay wasn't my style. I mean, I like turn-paced RPGs. I didn't like this one. I didn't like the lyrics. And that, these are all just personal things. Like, I just personally didn't like it. But I did like the representation that this game had, and I, I'm, I'm gonna give it a generous fifty-five. Wow. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. Like I didn't like this game so much, and I feel bad about it. Like I, like I don't know. And so it's kind of like how Keith hates Graveyard Keeper. There's just something about it that just. No Graveyard Keeper. This is, I don't even know. I'm not even going to go but there. But looking at Metacritic, it's still TBD for Xbox. Uh, I saw critics gave it a 60 and a 100, and then somebody gave it an 8. And I was looking at uh, PC, Switch, PS4, all those, and I saw a huge range with the critics especially. There weren't that many user scores yet, but critics were giving it anywhere from 50 to 100. And I felt like usually people are sharper or uh, have more intense reactions in 
the criticisms and it was really weird that um, I just felt like everything was kind of muted. Uh, so I didn't really write anything down because it really wasn't interesting. Nobody was like, oh, I really didn't like this about it. It was just very much like, eh. But I just, I think it's interesting, like the scores were so different. Did our cohort have anything to say? No. <sighs> Not yet. It, it, there's barely, I think there was one user for Xbox. There's one review. I think that's going to tell us a lot about about yeah. them. I'm, I'm anxious to find out. We're going to need an update list. We're going to need you to actually stay on top of that one. I, <laughs> I'm really interested too. All right. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us this episode. I know Liz is excited. I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. I'm also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Firebird01952. If you want to write us an email, say hello, give us some criticism, give us some praise, or if you want to suggest a game to us, we are at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook where I try to put some fun topics of discussion. So come on by and join us there because I'd love to interact with more of you. I love hearing from our listeners and I love when you guys stop in by and stream. So check out our Facebook. Uh, and if you also feel so inclined, we do have a PayPal set up on our Facebook if you want to support us. And which we'd put right back in the podcast and check out some DLCs for some of the games we're checking out. We are also on Twitch at GPGPPod. And I think I'll stop there because you guys are looking at me annoyed. So, Keith. No, I can just tell you had an energy drink. <laughs> um, I've been Keith. And as much as I love pandas, y'all, the world is more than black and white. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ah, I can't believe I laughed at that. I'm Liz Nuki. Got him. Bye, guys. Uh, you all have a wonderful week. We'll see you again next week. Love you all. Bye.